Today on CityCast Boise, the weather is finally really beautiful. And if you're like me, that means you're out in the garden every chance you get. Master gardener Gretchen Anderson is back with advice on what we should be planting now, who to ask if we get stumped by pests or watering, and how much money you could save by growing some of your own fruit and veg. It's Wednesday, May 24th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hi, Gretchen. Welcome back. Hello, Emma. It's great to see you. So good to see you. And the weather is finally really beautiful. And so we're going to ask you, Gretchen, what are we supposed to be doing right now? (laughs) Not sitting in our houses, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, What veggies and other edible things should people be planting like right now, this last week of May and into early June? Right this minute, everything. You can actually put anything and everything into the ground right now. With one small exception, lettuce and the, the lettuces, the spinach, that sort of thing doesn't like the high heat. So if we have continued cool weather, easy peasy, you can throw those in the ground as well. Succession planting is what we call, where you plant a little bit one week and then you plant some the next week so that you have a good supply of lettuce coming your way as as it comes up. But I would say anything and everything and go all ham. I was, I was thinking, what, what would I say to the person who hasn't really done much gardening? And I would say, Throw a tomato in in the ground. Throw a tomato plant in the ground. They're easy to grow around here, Emma. That's so true. And I think, you know, people get so intimidated by gardening when really like the worst that's going to happen is you're going to kill a $6 plant. You know, like (laughs) you're going to get a a tomato plant at DMV and kill it. And that's okay. That's okay to do, too. So just try it. Is it too late to be doing seeds if if somebody didn't get their starts in or they don't want to buy plants? Is it too late to be doing like tomato seeds and that sort of thing? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be real. Okay. Uh, it is uh, to do seeds. It, it'll take a while and you need about 60 to 70 days for a, a tomato plant to mature. So if you can go get a start, you're ahead of the game there. And the bigger, the better, I believe. But I, I got to tell you, I was at Costco this past week and they had um, three tomato plants, which it, they're called big boys. I had to look them up, but for $9.99 and that's wow unheard of and they're big so i'm going to have a hedge of a big oh, boy <laughs> I love a big boy hedge i love that that's a really yeah. good idea um can i ask you okay so i don't even know if this is true or not something that my mother and my grandmother did they would pinch off the blossoms uh, right now at, so that you're like fruit isn't competing are you supposed to do that with tomato plants you know what your your mom and grandma were spot on oh really yeah so what what you need to do is and in fact those big boys that we had they had several uh, flowers on them so they so that's the plant saying i'm ready to fruit i'm ready to set some fruit and what you want is for your plant to focus on establishing a root base a root system so when you put them in the ground Make sure you take off any fruit. I mean, sometimes we see fruit on a, a tomato plant and it's like, woohoo, <laughs> come on, <laughs> let's go for it. I'm going to get fruit next month. Um, I, can, I can harvest. But you don't want to do that. You want to pull those off so that the plant is more focused on the root system than it is on setting fruit. 
just as soon as that root system is set, then it goes all hog on it. Well, that is good to know. I have not been doing that, but I'm also not a very patient gardener. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And patience is like the biggest part of gardening, probably. Um, But it's hard to wait. So are there any veggies like that can be planted right now for an early harvest for impatient gardeners like me? Well, if you're a, a... Uh, an annual gardener, you know that you planted garlic last fall and the garlic is coming up. The scapes have come in. And have you ever tried scapes at all? You know, not until the last time we talked, you told me about scapes and I, w- I had to look it up. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But oh, yeah. yeah, now I have tried them and they're really, really great. They're delicious. That's a more mild garlic taste. The quickest thing uh, that you could probably plant, though, Emma, is putting in like an early girl tomato plant. It's named early girl for a reason. It has fewer days to maturity and um, and you'll you'll get tomatoes sooner. But when I do tomatoes and our our area is so great for tomatoes. Um, I try to do an early girl. I try to do, you know, some other type of tomato. This year it's big boy. And then I'm going to also do a small tomato called a, a sun sugar. And they're a gold tomato that has won the tomato taste off over in Caldwell many years running. And it has the perfect combination of acid and sweet to it. And it's just a little cherry tomato and it's delicious. And then I'm also going to do a couple paste tomatoes. Um, So many people will just go for the Roma. But the tomatoes that you get in the store are usually San Marzano's. And so if you can find a San Marzano, I suggest doing that. So those are the type of tomatoes that I will do. But... Boy, the statistics show, Emma, that cucumber, sweet peppers, and beans and carrots are are the big ones that people throw in the ground. Beans are quick to mature, so put a, put a, uh, a couple bean plants in the ground. Throw in a zucchini plant. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> For that reason, I don't I don't grow zucchini because I know my neighbors are going to give me some. <laughs> <laughs> That's very wise. That's very smart. Well, let's talk watering systems. Is watering by hand okay if you don't have like, you know, a, a complicated drip system or maybe you're just doing like a little container garden? Is is it okay to do a, a simple system like hand watering? Absolutely. And I think that hand watering is kind of a Zen experience. You're out there by yourself. Hopefully you're watering and watching and not on a phone or a device, right? (laughs) At the same time. But if you can be out there and just be in the moment, hand watering your your garden, it's a beautiful thing. I say any way you can water a a garden, do it. I do uh, preface that with you don't want to water from above, if at all possible. You want to get right down to where the the roots go into the ground and water that way. Is that just so you're not wasting water and watering weeds or is it just more effective? Well, one, water can sit on a plant and bacteria can grow. Oh. And two, if there is bacteria or anything that you don't want the rest of the plant to get, if you water from above, it sprinkles and, and spreads it. Oh, okay. Any other common mistakes people make with watering like that? Oh, sure. Watering too much. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, most of the problems we see in the master program, master gardener program from local gardeners is watering situations, either too little or too much. So you got to figure out what the sweet spot is. I water my garden when, when it's brand new, Emma, and you're trying to establish that root system, I make sure 
those plants get watered every morning. Once you get into the season, you can back that off just a little bit. Uh, there are, it, it's, it's a delicate dance. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, what about pests? Like what should we be looking out for in the next few weeks and how do we, how do we get rid of those guys? Mm. Well, the good news is about 95% of the pests, pests in the <laughs> garden are actually beneficials. So, um, let them go wild. It's okay. Uh, there are some pests that we absolutely don't want. And I think I mentioned before, uh, if you're going to grow squash, zucchini, uh, watermelon, uh, any kind of the, the, the winter squash family, or pumpkins even, you want to move that bed around your property. You don't want to do it at the same place year after year after year. Because what happens is those squash bugs, they're crafty little buggers, and they'll find a way to overwinter. And then once you plant that squash plant, man, they're like, ooh. <laughs> ooh, thank you. <laughs> it's the smorgasbord. I'm going for it. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yep. I'm glad you're reminding us because I made that mistake last year and didn't get a single squash. So uh, they can be really awful. I want to ask you about weeding, which I'm hoping you have uh, a trick for and it's not another one of these Zen activities. But how, do you, is there a trick to weeding or do you just kind of have to get in there? Do you have something you do? I want magic, Gretchen. I don't want to pull weeds. <laughs> okay, you want magic. You know, and I was thinking that yesterday as we were planting those three big boys, uh, work smarter, not harder. And I had some garden block out there. And that's that long piece of material that you put on the garden and you stake down. And that's what I did. That's probably the best. If you don't want to weed, that's the best way to handle it. And so we put out a couple rows of that planted the big boys and what i'll do is i'll probably put some soil aid it's that bark the 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 nice pretty bark on top of that so it looks good but what that does is it blocks the weeds from coming up and that's my best advice for that sort of thing otherwise you're out there you know weeding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's no trick to it, unfortunately. Uh, well, we have a couple of questions from some readers who are wondering if you can answer these. Uh, so from our Hey Boise newsletter reader, Stacy, if your neighbors water too often or too much and your clay soil is wet, but you want a tree near the edge of your property, what are the best small trees that will survive wet soil conditions? Ooh, boy, that's a good one. I'll say this. Most of the master gardeners in both programs, we all kind of focus on one or two areas. Mine mm -hmm. is on edible gardening. So I'm not the greatest tree person, but I would say Google <laughs> <laughs> trees that will do well in clay, moist clay soil. And then at the end, and this is how we do it at, at the master gardener program, we add in that search bar .edu because you always want information from a trusted source. And that's usually a land grant university around the country. And there's got to be a tree that does really well in clay soil that's a little moist. Yeah. I'm gonna throw in, um, just because my parents have a little stretch of their property that has some so that's always very very shady and wet and they planted uh willows i was going to say yeah then <laughs> willows are like weeds if there's water they're like yeah sure thank you and now we own this you don't anymore yeah so. oh emma we we call that the devil tree the, yeah. what, the, the curly willow tree <laughs> the curly willow yeah the devil tree because it, it will grow in just about any space and it's a fast-growing tree mm -hmm. 
Um, that is a good a good recommendation. Look at you, Emma. Yeah, see, I know one tree. <laughs> well, we have another one from Hey Boise reader Jen. She says, help, how do I get rid of the teeny tiny red spider mites that are all over the patio and come into the house and get into my flower pots and plants? They come back every year and they are progressively getting worse. Ooh, that is a great one. I would love to see where they are, you know, what the what their source is. My go-to is diatomaceous earth. Mm. And um, if if you can't remember that name, just remember DE is what you need to ask for at DMB. And they have different types. Just ask them for the cheapest DE. Okay? <laughs> and diatomaceous earth, what it is, is it's ground up leftovers from the ocean, from little guys in the ocean. And it's it's ground up into a white fine powder. And it works like a charm. And it's all natural. You can put it down and still have your dogs, your cats, your chickens, your your kids around it. I use it in the house. I use it outside. I put it down and then I'll broom it back to the foundation of the house and it takes care of those ants mm. like that. Okay. Wow. What about aphids? I'm. This is from me. Hey, Boise reader Emma uh, Arnold wants to know, are aphids the last few years have gone crazy? And like right now, uh, our tree is covered in them and then our whole patio is covered in aphids. Do we have to just kind of, I've been brushing them. I've been spraying them. Nothing seems to help. What is the source of those aphids? Which is it on a big, big tree or a yeah, smaller tree? Yeah, it's on a big, big tree, which is right next to the patio. Yeah, that's tough. We have some as well. I have a, a big uh, river birch. And the aphids are on it. And anytime I walk under it, I have aphids on me, right? Yeah. On those, on those big trees, because you can't hand spray them off, you can actually do a, a, what we call a mechanical, uh, where you just spray off the, the aphids. Or like on a, a plum tree that's about 30 years old that I have out back, I've been able to spray off and then I let go uh, ladybugs in the evening. And oh. the water on the tree keeps the ladybugs there because they know there's a water supply. Oh, I'll okay. Let, I'll let go half of the supply of ladybugs one night, and then on a, and then I'll do it again very carefully and let go the second half of the ladybugs. So it works works really well. But the big ones, Emma, like yours and mine, you need to treat it with a systemic, which means you put aphid control in the ground and the roots take it up and then make the tree, um, an inhabitable place for the avids. They don't like anything on it. Oh, well, that is amazing. Thank you (laughs) for that advice. Can I say one thing about that? You do not want to do, like I would not do a systemic treatment on my plum tree because I'm going to pick those plums and eat them. Well, you've been fielding all these questions for us because you're such you're amazingly generous with your knowledge and your time and you're an advanced master gardener. And there's like a whole lot that goes into becoming an expert like you. How many more master gardeners, advanced master gardeners are there in the Treasure Valley? Oh, uh, hundreds, probably hundreds, because we have two big programs. We have the Ada County program at the extension office over on Glenwood. And then we have the Canyon County program, which is on Main Street in Caldwell. And I'm actually a, a Canyon County Master Gardener and a an Ada County Master Food Safety Advisor. Both programs are very uh, robust. And what I want to say is that gardeners in our area need to have 
their number, their contact in their back pocket, because that really is the safety net for gardeners is the extension office. And if you ever have an issue, uh, ever have a question, um, you can reach out to the extension office and master gardeners like myself will research whatever your topic is and then get back to you. It's, it's a pretty cool program. And it's free, right? Like yes, you just you can call yes, and, and they'll help you out for free. And the beauty of it is, you know, you can go to a local uh, garden center and ask them for advice on whatever you have going on. But there's also the idea, well, they want to sell me something, right? The master gardeners are not going to sell you anything. We are very careful about uh, recommending any kind of products. And if we do, it's always by the by the scientific name. <laughs> but we're going to give you the real deal and we're going to give you researched and science-backed information. And so how do people access this? Who do they call? Uh, Ada County Extension Office or Canyon County Extension Office. So that if someone's listening to this in their car, then they can't write down. Just Google the extension offices and there's a phone number. And when you call that, they'll get you to the Master Gardeners. Okay, well, we'll link for we'll link that in the show notes, too, so people can find it. You know, it feels like since COVID, a lot more people are interested in gardening. Like, I don't know if you've seen this, but it seems like people just sort of picked the hobby up during the pandemic because it was like one of the only things to do safely. And it seems like is that am I wrong? But it just seems like way more people are gardening. Oh, Emma, you're not wrong at all. In fact, (laughs) the pandemic was probably the best thing that ever happened to gardening. Right. (laughs) Eighteen point three million more people are gardening now. Most of those that 18.3 are millennials, which Mm. is really cool. So younger people are getting into gardening. What do you recommend? So like getting started in gardening can feel kind of expensive, especially, you know, for these younger, younger people who are, you know, maybe also trying to buy a house and stuff. So do you have any hacks for keeping costs down, like not buying all new products and stuff like that? Absolutely. When you want to plant a garden, look for seed banks. And many libraries around the area have seed banks. In fact, our uh, Eagle Public Library has a seed bank where you can just go in and help yourself of all these wonderful seeds. I've yes. never even heard of this. Oh, my yes. God. Yeah, it's Libraries wonderful. again. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's what I would do is I'd just Goog, uh, you know, seed banks in the Treasure Valley cool. and uh, go go all ham on whatever I wanted to grow. There are lots of garden clubs around the area who sell what they grow. And we do have some events coming up. I know there was one at the Garden City Library recently. So if you go onto our Facebook page for the Master Gardeners, which is 2C Master Gardeners Facebook page. We always list those kind of sales and you can hit those up and probably uh, not spend as much money. Do you think, are, are people, are you really saving money if you're growing your own food or is, is this kind of a wash in the end? It depends on how much you harvest and how much, how much you um, preserve. Yes, you are saving money. It costs about uh, $500 to really grow a big, beautiful garden. That's with water, time, and product. Um, but you get, it yields you at least $600 in produce every year. And if you have what we call perennials, that means they come up year after year after year. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have uh, uh, hundreds of dollars worth of produce when, mm. I, when I harvest later the, on this summer. Well, so how can people access your help these days? I know you have these books you do, you do classes, you do training, but how do people, if they want you, Gretchen, they don't want just some master gardener, they want you. How do they find you? I have a little Facebook page called 
Secrets of the Lazy Urban Gardener. <laughs> I really, honestly, I want, I, I want to work smarter, not harder, Emma. And I want the fastest route from point A to point B, right? So it, gardeners are not lazy, but that's it's Secrets of the Lazy Urban Gardener. That's the <laughs> Facebook page. I love that. Well, Gretchen, thank you so much for your time and for all of your knowledge. We really appreciate you and happy gardening this summer. Always a pleasure, Emma. And speaking of critters that will eat your garden, a moose was spotted in Camelsback Park earlier this week. According to the Idaho Statesman, Fish and Game and Boise police officers tried to sedate the moose so that it could be relocated, but it ran up into the foothills and was last seen headed away from town. If you have an encounter with a moose, remember that they can be dangerous when agitated. Keep your distance and your pets on a leash. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? Leave us a review and subscribe to our Hey Boise newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more local stories from around the city. Bye. Bye.